Hello, sons, and hello, brothers. We're back with a with a bonus episode. Can you believe it? No extra charge, gentlemen. I I want to share with you something today that's profoundly helpful. When you feel like you are in a contentious situation, some of you are contentious. There are reasons behind that, and we don't have time to work through all of that, but some of you have a contentious spirit about you. You just, you fuss, you, you live with a short fuse or you, 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 it's common for you to for create argumentation. God forbid, if that's true, get some help. <laughs> but what I really want to talk to you about today is how you can live when you feel like the other person you're living with or the other person you're working with, a spouse or a coworker or a child, is a contentious person. And what I've done is I've created a document that's been very helpful to me that I use when I think through how to deal with a contentious person. And I'm going to share 15 biblical responses to a contentious person. Here they are, 15 ways to respond to a contentious person. Number one, avoid evil people when you can. Romans 16, 17 and 18 says, I appeal to you, brothers, Watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them. Such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Some people are just troubled. They're just contentious. And the best thing you can do is, when possible, avoid them. You may avoid them altogether. You may avoid them as much as possible or avoid them when they're being contentious. But when that person is being contentious, you have every right to step out of that conversation and just say, I'm, I'm not going to subject myself to this. I step away if, if you can. Number two. So number one is avoid evil people when you can. Number two, when you're dealing with a contentious person. Number two, as much as it is possible, live at peace. Create spaces where you can remove yourself and do productive things. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, as far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all you do be done in love. Gentlemen, just do what you do and say what you say in love. Live at peace. Proverbs 21, 9, it's better to live in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. So maybe go to the corner of the housetop, your wood shop, your basement, and you think through about how to creatively diffuse uh, the quarrel instead of just leaning into a quarrel or a fight or contention. It's better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome, fretful woman Proverbs 21, 19, it's better to live in the corner of a house top than a house share with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs 25, 24, a, a contentious woman is like a continual dripping. Now, gentlemen, if you're listening to this, don't put that on your wife. Just realize if you have a leaking faucet, it's your job to fix it. Your job to address that. It may take years to address it properly, but in love and in patience and in wisdom, go away, get, step away. Do some productive things to contribute to that relationship, but don't stay in the contention uh, in that moment. Number three, love 
like Jesus loves you. If it's your wife, love your wife like Jesus loves you. And do not be harsh with her. Do not be harsh with her. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Ephesians 5, 25. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. Gentlemen, this is a lifelong task right there. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. Colossians 3.19. Gentlemen, are you listening? In a, in a contentious situation, do not be harsh. Do not be harsh. Repent, gentlemen, if you've been harsh with your wife or children. If you've been hard with them. That's not God's way. So number one, in, in the face of a contentious person, avoid them when you can. Live at peace, number two. Number three, love like Jesus loves you and don't be harsh. Number four, keep your promises to act in a loving way continually, even if you're cursed or hated or abused. If, do you hear that? If you're cursed or hated or abused, if you're disrespected, gentlemen, you still keep your promise to act in a loving way. I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Luke 6, 27 through 29. So do projects that benefit the family. Arrange and care for, say, the basement store projects. Don't expect that these will please her. But there are ways to love and invest and do good and live at peace. Say in the colder weather, go down the basement, make it extremely neat and orderly. Do projects down there. Benefit your wife and your home and your family. Keep your promises to act in a loving way continually, even if you're cursed or hated. Number five, make sure your curses are without cause. Like a sparrow when it's flitting, like a swallow when it's flying, a curse that's causeless does not alight. In other words, it's not going to stick. The curse against you doesn't stick if it's not true. If it is true, take care of it. Make it right. Make sure their curses are not without cause. Carefully examine yourself. Number six, show loving kindness and tenderness whenever you can. Walk in the Spirit. Keep continually obeying the impulses of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, even when you're hurt or sinned against, and it will produce the fruit of the Spirit. Because walking in the Spirit is continually obeying the impulses of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit with the gifts of the Spirit, and it yields the fruit of the Spirit. Study Galatians 5. Husbands, love your wives. Don't be harsh with them. Colossians 3.19. Galatians 5.16-25 talks about walking in the Spirit, not gratifying the desires of the flesh, uh, because the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. If these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, and the works of the flesh are evidence, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Are you tracking? Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that was number six. Show loving kindness and tenderness whenever you can and walk in the Spirit. 
Even when the person is being contentious, you let them do the sinning. Don't join them in their sin. Don't respond in sin to sin. Number seven, be like Jesus. Don't be selfish or think only of yourself. Give and serve others and lay down your life. So it says in Philippians 2, 1 through 16, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection, sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. And have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And do all things without grumbling and disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked, twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that the day of Christ I may be proud that you did not run or in vain or labor in vain. In other words, be, number seven, it's be like Jesus. Don't be selfish or think only of yourself. Give and serve others and lay down your life. Here's number eight. Don't get involved in argumentation and do not react sinfully to an attack. Proverbs 17, 14. Beginning of strife is like letting out water. Quit before the quarrel breaks out. Track with me. The beginning of strife is like letting out water. Quit before the quarrel breaks out. Gentlemen, don't get involved in argumentation. And don't react sinfully when you're attacked. Number nine, don't engage in conversation that's just a lure to attack. The Bible says, and Jesus said it in Matthew 7, 6, don't give dogs what's holy. Don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. You probably live with a person that's healthy emotionally and is also broken emotionally, has some, has some brokenness. And sometimes that brokenness is going to hurt you. The sharp edge of the brokenness is going to cut your life. When that happens, it's extremely important that you don't cut back. Otherwise, there's going to be blood everywhere. Do not get involved in argumentation. Sometimes people are trying to lure you into strife because they're broken. But it'll only hurt everyone. It'll hurt the ones listening. It'll hurt the ones affected. It'll hurt you, hurt them. Don't get involved in argumentation. Number nine, don't engage in conversation. It's just a lure to attack. Don't give the dogs what's holy. Throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and attack you. Don't engage in conversation that's alert to an attack. Number 10, don't try to correct the contentious one. She'll only become more contentious. Let God deal with her. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused. In other words, don't give people advice they're not asking for. It just makes them mad. Whoever corrects a scoffer will get himself abused. He will reprove a wicked 
man or woman incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer. He'll hate you. Reprove a wise man. He'll love you. So wait until that person is, is obviously in a person who loves you and is reproachable, uh, re- reprovable, uh, instructable uh, before you give any correction. Don't correct a scoffer. And then uh, the Bible says a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife or alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's right hand. You can't do it. So, fellas, think about this. You don't get involved in argumentation. It's only going to cause more damage, more contention. Uh, sometimes it will feel like others want you to argue with them. Uh, and, and yet, don't try to correct a contentious person. Uh, pray, trust God, let God deal with her. Number 11, don't blow up and vent your anger. A fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Don't blow up and vent your anger. Number 11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit. A wise man quietly holds it back. Proverbs 29, 11. Number 12, don't return anger for anger. Trust the Lord to judge. 1 Peter 2, 23 says, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Do that. Then it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 5, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It's the Lord who judges me. Therefore, I do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and disclose the purposes of the heart. And then each one will receive his commendation from God. So do not return anger for anger. Let the Lord judge. Let him take care of that. Number 13, strengthen yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord. Deepen your relationship with God when you're being abused. You're being abused. If you're in a period of contention, whether they mean it or not, you're being abused. And that in that abuse, you need to go to the Lord for comfort and go to the Lord for encouragement so it won't damage in your soul and make you bitter and angry and harsh and, and you'll hurt the person and you'll hurt others. Uh, David was greatly distressed, it says in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. A man has to learn how to strengthen and encourage himself in the Lord. Number 14, always try to see yourself in a mirror before you look at the faults of the other. Jesus said this, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Uh, in the presence of mine enemy, don't tell the enemy things. So use them against you. Tell the Lord, see yourself in the mirror before you look at the faults of the other. Number 15, leave all the children and other people out of it. It's not necessarily right or wise to draw them into it. It's not their business. Keep them out of it. Don't talk to other people about it. The only exception would be a wise, biblically qualified coach or counselor. Uh, Treat the contentious person as you would an enemy. And how you treat an enemy, you love them, you bless them, you do good, you pray. According to Matthew 5 and and Luke, I believe it's uh, maybe 6. There you have it. 
There you have 15 biblical responses to a contentious person. What would you add? And what would you disagree with? What would you agree with? Give me some feedback. Let's, uh, let's, let's work on this document together. Uh, let's make it better if we can. If you have any input, I'd love to hear it. May God give you special grace as you deal with periods of contention in your life.